I'm Mike Vardy. Meal planning is important because it prevents us from being a disappointed wreck when dinner time comes around and we have no clue what to make or even if we have the ingredients to make the meal. It's a time and a money saver, but most importantly, it frees up valuable brain space. Creating a meal plan prepares us for the week to come and gives us peace of mind that we're organized and can feed ourselves and our family. That's why I do it and that's why Plan to Eat helps me do it. Your subscription includes access to the Plan to Eat website and fully featured mobile apps on iOS and Android. And Plan to Eat gives you the tools to clip and organize recipes from any website, the ones your family loves and that fit your dietary preferences and needs. And you can create a meal plan around your schedule. Then what happens is the Plan to Eat software automatically creates an organized shopping list based on your plan. So sign up for your free trial at plantoeat.com slash timecrafting. That's plantoeat.com forward slash timecrafting. The coupon will be automatically applied to your account and can be used when you're ready to subscribe. It's valid for new customers only. Give Plan to Eat a try today. And this is the Productivityist Podcast. Hey everybody, it's Mike here again, Mike Vardy, host of the Productivityist Podcast. And this week, I have a fantastic guest on the show, as per usual. But this one is is uh, interesting because we were able to have a really good back and forth, a good conversation, uh, and I'm really proud of the results of it. This is uh, Kevin Cruz, who's on the show today. He's the author of 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management, The Productivity Habits of 7 Billionaires, 13 Olympic Athletes, 29 Straight A Students, and 239 entrepreneurs. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of productivity habits. And there's 15 secrets that he talks about, not in the book. And he also we touch on them during this week's episode as well. I'm really excited to to have the the ability and and the and the the time to to chat with Kevin uh, because you know it's again I, I get to talk to a lot of people about productivity, but. When when you get validation and when you're reading some of the stuff, and I read his book, his book is is, is really good. Um, what I liked about it, and I talk about this off the top, is just how digestible it is. It's 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 a really effective and efficient read. And if you're really looking to level up your your productivity, then reading this book is 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 a great way to go. And I'll, I'll tell you how to get the book for free. Uh, and Kevin does near the tail end of this episode. So let's just get right into it because we talk about things like, you know, the um, you know, procrastination cure. We talk about a whole bunch of things, routines, all that stuff. You'll hear that and more in this week's episode of the show and stick around after the interview and I'll have a little bit more for you as we come around to the end of it. So here it is, my discussion with Kevin Cruz on the Productivity is Podcast. I'd like to welcome Kevin Cruz, author of 15 Secrets Successful People Know About Time Management to the show. Kevin, thanks for joining me this week. Oh, thanks for having me on, Mike. Glad to be here. So, Kevin, I went through the book. I got a, a an ARC copy, as they call it, uh, to go through, uh, an ARC. And, uh, you know, I, I was talking to you about this just before we began our conversation here about how what I liked about the book, and you don't find this very often in... I find in in books, especially about time management, is that you've got a lot of a lot of content packed into you know a, you know this book, but you've also divided it up in a way that if you're only uh, you're almost being time conscious of the reader who is just learning how to be better with time management because every couple pages you're like, oh, I could take that. Oh, this is great. Oh, like, <laughs> do, do you know what I mean? 
Well, I, you know, they, they say you're supposed to write a book uh, that you would like to read. So I think it's a reflection of my own short attention span. <laughs> uh-huh. I, like to, I like to present uh, very actionable uh, uh, tips and, and topics. You know, give it the mindset, give it a story, and let's figure out how to turn it into a habit and, and move on. That's what, that's what I was striving for. And the other thing, too, is that what I liked about it is that most people, when they're searching for tips about time management, productivity, all that stuff, is that they're searching online, right? So they are going through blogs, and they see it on Facebook or whatever, and they're, and they're checking all these things off. And meanwhile, they've just got these other things that are pulling at them, whether it's email, whether it's whatever. But because you kind of did it in a book form, you can't get pulled away nearly. as It's not like you can click, oh, well, let me go check and see what... There's no hyperlinking nearly you know what i mean where you're not getting pulled outside of that realm right yeah i think you're right most of us again either because we're time starved or we're just uh uh, trained now we are used to reading quick bite-sized articles on the internet and i mean i hope that uh that's one of the benefits of books whether digital or paper form is that people kind of stick with them more it helps them just to stay focused but uh, as you said i mean the good news is any one of these 15 habits can have a, a, an impact on your on your productivity. And so the idea is just to take what works and to stack those habits up and come back for more when you're ready. So why'd you decide, I mean, other than the fact that you, you mentioned that, you know, you write the book that you want to read, but why time management? I mean, there's so much out there. I mean, you and I both, you know, <laughs> dwell in this space to know that, you know, every time a book comes out, I'm like, that's great stuff. Like you had a lot of great stuff in here. Some stuff that I've talked about. Uh, you know, either from my own methodology or from, again, we've we've learned it from others. Why why did you say, you know what we need out there is another book on time management? <laughs> because the, the 50,000 that you can find on Amazon just aren't enough. Well, I'll, I'll answer it two ways, Mike. I mean, first, the topic of time and, and productivity is, I mean, it's an odd thing, but it's, it is a passion of mine. It's almost an, an obsession. Um, the only piece of artwork that I've ever purchased, it's the single most expensive thing I've ever bought, uh, is a piece of, of uh, mixed media kind of modern art from a guy named Peter Tunney. And it says, the time is always now. And it sticks in my, my living room. And you know, this has come from when I was in my 20s, uh, starting, you know, I'm a, a reformed entrepreneur. I kind of swallowed that that myth of like hustle. You know, there's time to sleep when you're dead. You just push on through, hustle, hustle, hustle. Scheduling your sleep time, you know, scheduling stuff like that. <laughs> all that stuff. What sleep, right? And, yeah. Um, and it didn't work. I mean, my my companies didn't do well. Uh, I physically, I and emotionally didn't feel well. I blew up a marriage, you know, over it. And when all that happened, I mean, I then, you know, I'm not the smartest guy, but I do learn. I reached out to those people who, fortunately, I knew who were, you know, multimillionaires and and successful uh, government officials and athletes, all the ones who seemed to be doing a lot more than I was doing. And yet, you know, they were walking calmly everywhere they went. They had time to golf and read and go on a million vacations a year. And it's I started picking their brain and I got better and better where – Ultimately, you know, I, I at one point I had a million dollar a year business, but I was working over a hundred hours a week in it. And a few years later, after that, I had a twelve million dollar a year business, and I was working less than forty hours a week in it. Same guy, same business, same everything. But I figured out these productivity habits, and it completely changed. So, it's the topic is a personal personal passion. Why do we need another book on it? 
this is the only book uh, that isn't just based on, you know, one guy's thoughts. One, I mean, I've got a lot of my thoughts and ideas and experiences in there. Um, but I wanted to go out, and, and, and I'm not trying to compare myself, but um, the, the, that great book, you know, Think and Grow Rich, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Napoleon Hill, he went out on a mission to interview over 200 people who were self-made millionaires to pick their brain and then to condense it, you know, into a book. That was my approach. I thought, all right, you know, I think I have some things to offer, but I'm not going to assume I'm the smartest guy in the room. Let me go out and see if I can get advice from Mark Cuban and a bunch of billionaires. Let me go find all the elite athletes and Olympic medal winners and pick their brain. You know, let me, Silicon Valley co-founders, solopreneurs, straight A students. And it was always just one question. It was an opening question. I'd say, tell me your number one secret to productivity. Or if you had to give someone time management advice, what would you tell them? And I would just let them tell me. And then, of course, I analyzed it, coded it, and, and boiled it down. So it's really the only book that combines you know, this, this much survey research uh, and interview research with these top one percenters and then kind of boils it down. And I think you know, for people who have studied time management, I mean, there, there's, you know, I think a lot of familiar principles in there. Um, but I think there were some surprises as well. And hopefully it will uh, stimulate a new conversation for those who are interested. Well, and, and I mean, you're right. Uh, somebody who, it's funny, I look at the names that are in this book. Uh, I mean, I know John Lee Dumas. <laughs> I, mean, I know, you know, James L. Tucci. I mean, I listen to his stuff all the time, you know. Uh, you know, I mean, Mark Cuban, of course, everybody knows who Mark Cuban is. Richard Branson's mentioned it. I mean, there's there's no shortage of, f- you know, fascinating material in here that's not just, you know, like pie in the sky thinking, but it's it's proven, which is which is great. And I think I think the unique thing about this book, first off, is that, yes, I said there's a lot in here, but they're really it's it's boiled distilled down to the 15 secrets. But I mean, you you really dive into I mean, you're right. There's not as much of like this is what I think, and this is my methodology, and this is how this works. You, you're not afraid to say, "Hey, uh, you know what?" Um, and it, I, right from the get go, I was reading your uh, your your introduction, and I'm like, "This sounds very familiar." I mean, maybe not with the the large business and stuff, but you know, like the 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 hyper scheduling, the right. you know, the forsaking uh, of of all the things that really ultimately <laughs> right. matter. That's you know right. what I mean? Sure. So so. Uh, let's talk a little bit about some of the stuff that's in, you know, the 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 some of the some of the secrets that are in there. So I want to talk to you about, um, you know, the idea of the guilt factor of leaving work before the time, quote unquote, that you are supposed <laughs> to leave work. We've heard this with, um, you know, some of the higher uh, startup executives. You know, I think Sheryl Sandberg is a great example where, you know, she is like, we're, she's done work at that time. Like she's done at whatever time her, I think she does wrap up at five, if not earlier, because family and, and, and faith have a lot more, you know, have, have as much precedence, if not more, and probably more than her, than her profession at, at Yahoo, right? Yeah, no, that's that's right. So tell me how, uh, in, in again, we don't have a lot of time, and I obviously want people to read the book, but one of the things that you discovered when people were saying, hey, you know what, I can leave at 5 o'clock and be all fine and dandy and not feel like I'm letting anybody down along the way. Yeah, well, I, I think that's it. I mean, the, the I literally changed, I mean, my view on that. I was... Um, 
reading a business book. This is some years ago, and it was by Andrew Grove, who was the founder and, and CEO of uh, the big chip maker Intel. Mm-hmm. And most people know his, his other work, but this is a book called High Output Management. And he he talks about uh, in the book how he leaves every day. I think it was five o'clock or six o'clock, no matter what's going on. Now you can imagine running a you know billion dollar chip company in the tech space. Every day there's fires to put out and problems and there's more to do and all that. And he wrote um, in his book, he says, my day ends when I'm tired, ready to go home, not when I'm done. I am never done. Like a housewife, a manager's work is never done. This is written a little while ago. There is always more to be done, more that should be done, always more than can be done. And that hit me. I mean, that's the secret. Once you truly feel in your bones that well, of course, there's always more to do. So you don't stay late because you still have more things on that to-do list or because something came up. There will always be a reason to stay late. And with Cheryl and with Andrew Grove and with so many of these ultra-productive and successful people, they basically say, listen, you could devote every minute of the day to work or, or, or to anything, that's the wrong way to do it. You need to get really clear on your values. You know, this is how many hours I will invest of my time at work. And then I'm also, you know, another thing I value is my marriage. So I'm going to leave home at this time every day to allocate time to the, to the relationship or to date night or whatever it is. And you just, you know, you can sort of see our values when you peek on our calendars. And that was the thing is, is so many people either just don't go home or when they do, they're feeling guilty because they're, they quote unquote, are leaving early, even though it's not early. And to me, that was, that was the difference. There really is always more to do, always more that can be done. So you just need to decide how much will you invest of time in each area. When I look at uh, the contents of the book and the people you talk to, it seems like the common thread for all of these people, and I've talked about this before, is that they're pretty aware. You know, like they've got right. awareness in spades. How important do you think awareness is when it comes to time management and productivity? Because we can't, we can't stop time. Like you said, there's always more to do. And I mean, the danger is for a lot of people is that they, even when there is more to do and they leave the office, they go home and they continue to work in some way, shape, or form because technology allows for that. Or they don't go to sleep because they're like, well, I didn't get all this stuff that I needed to get done done today, so I'm going to keep going until it's all finished. How 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 um, in your in your research, yeah. when you were doing it, I mean, obviously these secrets come across and these different more the the kind of the the tactical approaches. But you know, when you're when you're looking at the kind of the broader spectrum of it, what, how much did awareness really kind of and and any other qualities kind of stand out for you? Well, Mike, I'm so glad you asked because it's actually the very first chapter. I call it the power of 1440. You know, the number that can change your life because. There are only 1,440 minutes in a day. I'm looking at a little sticker that says 1440 that I've got on the bottom of my monitor to remind me that we only have 1440. And unlike so many other things, you know, time is our most valuable asset because we can never get it back. Mm -hmm. We can lose money and make it again. We can even lose our health and get healthy again. We can even lose our best friend and a year from now, we're going to have a new best friend. As awful as that sounds, time Tick, tick, tick. I mean, once it's gone, it's never coming back. And you're right. All of these people that I interviewed, maybe they don't all do the same little habit or trick. They do most of them, but they all feel this power of 1440. Once you really 
uh, it's a mindset thing, which a lot of people are like, oh, don't get all new agey. But once you really believe that time's your most valuable asset, it becomes easier to say no. It becomes easier to stay focused. You'll, you'll procrastinate less. So that mindset, that value of every minute is really the unifying factor. And that's, that's really where it all starts. Now, when you're, when you're out speaking, and obviously you put this book in front of somebody and they start reading it, and they get the, uh, they have those old beliefs, you know, like, oh, I can't do that. Um, it must be nice for Richard Branson. I mean, he's a, he's a billionaire. <laughs> like, right. like, how do you break through, because I, I come across this as well, where you, you try to teach somebody, like you said, mindset. And, and it's funny, you mentioned like, oh, I'm not I'm trying to get all new agey. It, the thing is about mindset is nothing to do with new aginess at all. Right. I, and you and I both know this, but a lot of people are like, oh, you're so zen, you're so, you know, frou-frou or whatever. No, no, it's, it's the same thing when I say you should journal. Like, oh, really? Okay, well, that's pretty. No, no, journaling is, to me, journaling is really important because it allows you to kind of reflect, re- review, and then course correct. Do you know what I mean? So, so when, how do you get people, uh, you know, when when they are, uh, and I'm not just speaking from the experience of the book, but just in general, because I know you you work on this. How do you get people to say, when when they're when they're struggling with this mindset change to you know take that leap or even just dip their toe in the water? Well, absolutely, and, and just to to reinforce what you're saying, I mean, I, I often will use the example, you know, in terms of the power of mindset. I mean, you, you know, our our actions are driven by our beliefs and our mindsets. So, and it's hard to change our behaviors, whatever it is, health behaviors, etc. So, it needs to go back to to mindset. Look, if I believe that smoking cigarettes is uh, going to make me look cool and and help me to stay skinny. I'm more likely to smoke cigarettes. But if my fundamental belief is that cigarettes are going to kill me young, a horrible cancerous death, I'm less likely to smoke cigarettes. It, it, my actions to do or not do something is completely driven by my beliefs. So, you know, look, if we think we've got plenty of time or the opposite, which is it's hopeless, you know, oh, with email and my boss, it's just hopeless. Well, then you don't change any behaviors. So if you truly believe, one, time is your most valuable asset, and two, there's all these other people, including crazy Kevin Cruz, who used to be young and dumb. I used to be overworked and overwhelmed. I used to be completely not in the moment. But I was able to adopt these things and change. And you're right. I, I do hear that like, like, well, of course, these billionaires can do all this stuff because they've got a million administrative assistants and staffs and blah, blah, blah. That's not it. And in fact, most of the people that the research is based on is based on solopreneurs, solo athletes, working parents. I mean, it applies no matter what. And like any behavior change, it is hard. But I say, you know, pick one thing and and try to make that a habit. When that sticks, you you uh, you adopt another one. So, and this is a really silly, but but uh, illustrates the point. Um, you know, one of the keys. I know you know this, uh, Mike. To to you can't really make more time. It's about getting more energy and focus and using the time better. And that came through. You know, the book. A lot of the responses had to do with energy. Um, so. One of the keys to having great energy throughout the day is to stay hydrated, to drink water a lot more than we usually do. I needed to do that myself. And so first I'd be like, oh yeah, drink more water. I would try. I wouldn't do it. I would have a glass on my desk. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm supposed to drink eight of those. Oh, it's empty. I guess I better go fill it up. It's four o'clock. I only drank two of those. Now 
What I do to make that a habit is I've got an empty plastic water bottle of the right size next to my coffee pot. Now, every morning, already one of my habits is to walk downstairs and flick on the coffee pot so I can have my coffee. And as soon as I do that, I grab the empty water bottle, fill it up, and now I bring that and my mobile phone with me wherever I am throughout the day, knowing I need to drink the entire thing down you know, by the, by the end of the day. But I anchored it to that coffee pot habit before it started to really stick. And you can do that with, with really any habit. Absolutely. I mean, that's where routines are built upon, st- habits stacked upon other habits. I mean, before we recorded this interview today, uh, I mean, it, we're recording this in the morning. I'm not a morning person. I'm a night owl. That's kind of the way I operate, the way I've been wired for a long time, is, you know, my my uh, neutral bullet shake is, is prepared from either I prepared or maybe my wife does it the night before. So all I have to do when I wake up in the morning is do these things, splash water on my face, go open up the fridge. Oh, there it is. Make my coffee, throw the water in it. Uh, in the Nutriblast, come downstairs, read my uh, read some uh, articles or do some reading for 25 to 30 minutes. And then in this case, the first thing I'm doing is jumping on with you. But that doesn't change. The morning stuff doesn't That's change. Right. And, and then once you've done it often enough, it becomes, like you said, it becomes habit. It becomes part of the mindset. And it feels weird when you don't do it. Oh, it feels awful when you don't do it. And, <laughs> and you and, don't know why. And sometimes you don't know why. You're like, why do I feel off? Oh, right. I didn't splash water on my face three times. Do you know what I mean? And Mike, I, I'm glad you brought up the morning routine because that was one of the big surprises uh, to me in the book. Now, I always had my own, well, for the last maybe five, ten years, I've had my own morning routine. I didn't know that other people did that. Mm. So remember, I'm asking all these people, hey, don't hold back. Give me your number one piece of advice. A lot of them, a lot of them talked about their morning rituals. You know, change your morning, change your life. Gary Vaynerchuk, Scott Adams, Kevin O'Leary, Tony Robbins, Arnold Schwarzenegger, Tim Ferriss, John Lee Dumas, Hal Elrod, all these guys, of course, Hal Elrod. Yeah. I mean, all <laughs> way, guys, way earlier than the rest of us, to be yeah, fair. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. A little earlier than I get up. But um, all of these guys are talking about their key to productivity is what they do in the first 30 to 60 minutes of their day. And right next to my empty water bottle is my, uh, my, my, my bullet blender because I do a shake in the morning too. Mm-hmm. So it's really funny you know, how many people are starting to, to find the power of these morning rituals. How many people did evening rituals too? Because I find that's critical as well, like to make sure you wrap up your day the same way as well. How many of them d- d- kind of focused on that was that because i find the morning routine is definitely the big winner but evening routines kind of it doesn't necessarily um happen as much with 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 just in general yeah uh uh, to be honest not a single person mentioned the their evening routine i too am a believer in it though because i think you know setting yourself up for the next day's success is part of or my you know is part of my rituals that's part of how I start to relax and get my head ready to go to sleep it's yep. setting up you know the coffee and the shakes and all those things knowing what I'm going to wear no looking at my calendar so I kind of know what my morning looks like but I'll be honest while b- many many people mention the morning routine Nobody mentioned the evening routine to me. Interesting, interesting. Because I'm, I mean, I'm, the evening routine is critical for me, especially not being a morning person. 
What do you do in your evening routine? My evening routine is I uh, I journal. So I open up an app called Day One and I, I journal. So I chronicle the day and then I go into my task management uh, app. And I'm going to talk about your to-do list in a minute because uh, I'm really fascinated by your to-do list. Uh, and then what I go in is I mark down the three, what I call my three absolutes, which, you know, I mean, are pretty similar to the three MITs, which you mentioned in the book, of course. Um, and then I write them down. I have a whiteboard. It's actually... Uh, as I walk into my office, I write them down. I write the three absolutes that I want to accomplish that day on my whiteboard as I walk in, and then I shut my office door, and then I go to bed. So I, my evening routine is really simple. It's just yeah. journal, uh, not make sure you note the three uh, absolutes you're going to do the next day, and then shut the office door. Because when I shut my office door, I work from home. It means business is closed for the day. Like That's there's, great. you know, I mean, because some, because I mean, being a night owl, what happens with me is my my wife. And I spend time together in the evening, and then she goes to bed around 10, 10.30, and I'm up till about 1. But my kids are already in bed, and so that 10.30 to like 12.30 in the morning, maybe 1 o'clock time, is really, really some good focus time that I can have. So what happens is anytime I'm not in my office, and this is, again, this took some practice, and it only happened once I took over the basement uh, of our house, is I finally got an office with a door in it, so <laughs> or door on it. So I could, right. so when it, when the door is shut, uh, and again, real quick things, uh, you know, door shut means um, business is not open. Door shut with like, I've got this door knocker that I got, uh, you know, from uh, when I was at Book Expo a few years ago from the, the one thing, Gary Keller's The One Thing. Yeah, yeah. I have right. that hanging on my door. So if that's hanging on my door, which it is right now, means nobody's good. My son, even my son, when he was three, recognized, okay, there's <laughs> that thing on the door. I can't knock on the door. And he thinks everything I do is a podcast. If the door's shut with that on there, he's like, dad's doing a podcast, which is fine because it keeps him quiet. <laughs> right, right, right. I love but, it. But I mean, it's, it's again, triggers, right? Like anything, and, and I know that if I didn't do those three absolutes the night before and I came downstairs and I didn't see them on the on the on the wall I would go oh I wonder what email I got I wonder what Facebook got my you know I'm my I'd be Pavlovian in the way I react and then my agenda would kind of go out the window or at least it would be I wouldn't be able to start off my day with a running start I'd be kind of you know crawling into into the day so I'm wise enough to know that you know, old old man Mike that ends the day at one thirty in the morning goes, "Hey, baby, New Year, Mike. Um, I know you're going to be distracted by the shiny objects of Facebook and all that. So here's the three things you got to do. So that's how I do it. No, I love that. And you know, you mentioned you got kids. I got kids too. And I just that's the other excuse I hear all the time is, oh, you know, all these people that are doing all this stuff. It's because they don't have kids. I have kids. Well, you know, I'm a single dad of three kids. You mentioned you've got you've yep. got a son, and it, it, that's just a, that's just a limiting belief. You know, sure, it's hard. Kids are the greatest thing and the hardest thing, but. Just as you said, there are triggers and there are rituals and tools that we can all use to be more productive. So let's talk about your to-do list. So what do you use for your to-do list? So I don't uh, use a to-do list. And in fact, uh, you know, it's one of the core things that I preach is I think to-do lists are evil and part of the problem. Um, The out of the 250-ish one percenters I interviewed, I think one or two mentioned uh, that they use a to-do list. Um, everybody else, they're running their life from their calendar. So it's a subtle difference, but you know, to-do lists, which were the legend is that you know Ivy Lee sort of invented it over a hundred years ago for executives at uh, U.S. Steel. You know, that's an that's an idea. Uh, to-do list as a as a tool, as a technology, as a method, used to work back when 
we weren't all so busy. There wasn't as much to do. We all had assistants running around. Um, and today it can work if you've got you know an average workload and average pace. I think for extreme productivity, though, uh, everything I've seen is is if you want to do it, you put it on your calendar, you schedule it. And over and over again, um, I was getting uh, you know the interview feedbacks of. Hey, you know, I changed the default on my calendar, my computer calendar, to 15-minute chunks, and everything goes on it. If I'm going to process email, it's scheduled on the calendar. If I'm going to do social media, it's on the calendar. If I'm uh, doing my mid-morning break, it's on my calendar. If I'm going to get a haircut on the last Friday of every month, it's already on the calendar forever. And that was um, that. That was another big key because you know to-do lists. Because they're not, there's no time dimensions on them. We tend to do the thing that's easy or quick, um, uh, not necessarily what's most important or strategic. Um, there was one research study that really uh, cracked me up that showed that 50%, five zero, half of the things that go on people's to-do list are never done. <laughs> and I used to have those things like. Oh, go get that awkward doctor appointment scheduled from three years ago or something <laughs> like that. So, um, you know, that's a key. I don't use a to-do list. I do put every single thing on the calendar. How do you find – I mean, I'm I, – I use a combination thereof. You mentioned uh, – I mean, one of the things that gets mentioned in the book is the idea of theming days, right? Yeah. Right. And, I mean, that's something I teach and something I do. And I think that what 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 I find is I think that when people – when people are using that methodology, the idea of theming your days and having a general overarching understanding of what your days are supposed to look like because you've said this is what my days are going or it's supposed to change to going to like my day Monday. This is what I this is the overarching element. This is the overarching theme of the day. Um, I think in my estimation and from my from what my own experience is I think that that if you can do that and you can kind of have an understanding of that being again a trigger to say okay it's thursday thursday's podcast recording day okay let me think about all the podcasting stuff i have to do versus um again versus just having a list where there's no kind of dimensions to it because i think that the basic to-do list was had no dimensions to it you would just right. go down the list like a like a laundry list right, but i right. think if you organize your to-do list and i think this is where where i i often i often hear this you know chris ducker talks about like scheduling everything and everyone i mean i hear this all the time and i think that there are some definite benefits to obviously making agreements with yourself for either chunks of the day but my biggest obstacle, and, and it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on this, is when you hit that wall where you're like, I, you know, I see that it's this, but I don't feel like doing this right now, <laughs> or I'm sick, or whatever. Right. Whereas I think if you have, I think it's important to have as many as many things in your clip as possible. If you've got theme days, and then when I teach with with the now your approach or now your method is theme your days, and then have a focus on mode based work rather than project based work on your list. So attach a mode to every single task that you have. So if and you can use time based modes too. So if you're like, hey, I've got 30 minutes between meetings, let me look at all the tasks I have on my list, sort them by five minute mode and see how many of them I can knock out. But it does take it does take, again, like any of this other stuff, it takes practice and setup and all that stuff. So, I mean, curious, like, how do you, everything goes in your calendar, what happens when you reach that obstacle, or even with these other folks that you interviewed, when they reach the obstacle of, you know, I don't feel like doing that, or they're, or they're waiting on something that's not there at that time? Like, how, how, do they, um, how do they deal with that? Yeah, well, I mean, look, I think that a lot of the principles in the book and, and what I try to practice, I mean, there's rarely 
a perfect day yes. where, where it all flows. And I think that absolutely I will very often, you know, you know, and often enough look at my, my calendar in the morning. I think I know what the day is going to go. And, you know, something blows up and needs attention that legitimately can't wait. Or it's a beautiful sunny day out and my kids are home and I've decided I want to take them to the park or whatever that is. And so I will move time blocks. I try to, um, you know, be very careful about it. So if, for example, uh, uh, you know, I've always, I always know my most important task, my MIT, you know, and, mm-hmm. and I sort of do self-talk in the morning where I look at that calendar and think, okay, I'm going to win this freaking day. I'm going to win the day before noon. What is it I have to accomplish to win the day before noon? And I generally am fairly focused, disciplined. I don't budge a lot on my morning routines. But then if I've got something that happens to be, um, you know, call my buddy Mike Vardy and congratulate him on his forthcoming book, and that's time blocked for 30 minutes this afternoon, and then my kids want me to take them to the park, I'll think, well, it's not scheduled with Mike. doesn't even know I'm going to call him. I'll bump that call to tomorrow yeah. and take advantage of the sunshine. So, you know, because and I get that just recently online. Someone said, well, Kevin, what about serendipity and joy and spontaneity? Like, you know, where, where's the fun in life? And I view it like the more you can get into these habits and rituals and routines and being clear on your values and what you want to accomplish, then you're 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 creating pockets yeah. of time and emotional freedom to say, wow, I'm not stressed out. I can go spend time with my kids and actually enjoy being with my kids because I'm not thinking about, oh, wow, I'm so stressed with all that stuff back in the office or back on my to-do list. So I think it actually opens up pockets for some flexibility. Yeah, frameworks foster freedom. Like oh, really, I love that. That's, I love that. That's really what it boils down to. Okay, uh, before we wrap up, I got a couple more things I want to I want to touch on. Um, procrastination. Uh, cure it now. <laughs> <laughs> well, my favorite trick, I, there's six techniques. My favorite is what I call the time travel trick. You know, the, the, the problem is of this time dissonance we have where we think right now in the in the in the present moment we want to be a certain way or do something like i'm in the grocery store and i'm buying uh lettuce and carrots because i'm gonna eat a lot of salads this week because i want to be healthier i want to lose 10 pounds and then of course a week later i'm throwing out all the rotting vegetables from my refrigerator because you know i chose the frozen burritos and fast food you know we, we we have this disconnect our future self is the enemy of our best self, of our present best intention. So what the trick is to time travel into the future and say, all right, how am I going to jeopardize myself in the future? And what can I do about it now? So, um, you know, a, a simple thing for me is like, if I want to consistently exercise, get on that treadmill, I think about, well, you know what? The future Kevin, if I wait for to do it in the afternoon, that Kevin's going to say he's tired, he's sick, he's too busy at work. So I'll schedule it in the morning. Okay, but then I know that that, that darn Kevin's going to say he's going to get out of bed and he's going to say, uh, you know what, I'll just take a peek at my emails and get a little bit of work done. Well, I'm going to hide that phone. I'm not even going to have it anywhere in the bedroom. So when I get out of bed, I'm going to step on my workout clothes, <laughs> splash water on my face, and get on the treadmill. So it's kind of like outwitting yourself. And uh, the craziest one I ever saw, a friend of mine, she uh, she ordered, a, uh, I think, like a turkey burger with, instead of the fries, she wanted a salad, trying to be healthy. They brought it to her, but they brought the fries. 
Now, instead of sending it back, I guess you just, you know, figured she would deal with it and it wasn't worth it. But I saw her take the lid off of the salt shaker, completely off, and dumped the contents of the salt all over the French fries, wrecked them, completely covered them. Like, what did you do that for? She says, Kevin, I know that my future self in three minutes is going to say, oh, I'll just have one fry. Mm. And then the five-minute future self is going to say, well, that tasted really good. Two more is not going to hurt. And then the 10-minute future self is going to be like, oh, just eat the fries. You'll, you know, work out extra hard later tonight. So she battled her future self by, by you know, uh, by, by salting, over-salting her fries. The same thing works with anything we're procrastinating, whether it's the, the performance reviews that are boring and stupid that I don't want to do, or I've got to fire Bill because he's a real slacker and I don't want to have that conversation, or I want to write the great, you know, next great novel and I haven't done it yet for years. Kevin, thanks so much for joining me this week on the podcast. Where can people find you when you are not uh, sharing the secrets that, uh, you know, people really need to wrap, you know, really need to get in, in so that they can, you know, up level up their productivity and, you know, get more uh, of the right things done every single day. Yeah, thanks, Mike. I mean, the easiest thing to find me, you know, I've set up a page so all of your listeners, uh, if they cover shipping, I'll send them a free paperback copy of the book. Um, the website is 15timesecrets.com. That's the numbers, 15timesecrets.com. Books available, you know, Amazon, Kindle, everywhere. Um, and uh, my name is Kevin Cruz. So kevincruz.com, K-R-U-S-E is the last name. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me this week on the Productivious Podcast. Thanks, Mike. And there we have it. That's the discussion. That's the conversation. What a great conversation I had. And we, we went on a little bit further on the Patreon edition. So if you go to patreon.com slash productivityist, you can hear the entire conversation in full, which I, you know, again, there's there's a lot more there uh, that you can check out. And there's a lot more bonuses that you'll get at the uh, at the Patreon uh, page as well as a member of the Patreon community for Productivityist podcast. Uh, again, big thanks to Kevin for joining me on the show. Don't forget to go to 15timesecrets.com to get the free book and there's bonuses and all that stuff there. Um, I, I had a great time chatting with him and I'll have a great time again next week delivering you another podcast and, and the weeks after that as well. Uh, big thanks to John Polster, podcast producer extraordinaire. Thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for supporting the show. Thanks to all of my readers, all of my subscribers to the Productivityist Weekly Newsletters, all the people who have picked up my new course that I co-created, my new class, mini course, whatever you want to call it, that I created alongside Sean Blanc called the Awareness Building Class. And if you're listening to this uh, on the day the the day that the podcast was released, you have until October 26th to get the awareness building class for free if you buy the Focus Course, which is Sean Blanc's flagship product. So head over to thefocuscourse.com. There's a link in the show notes as well, um, and you'll be able to get that awareness building class that I co-created. Five modules that focus on five different things that you can use to start building awareness today. Because you've heard me talk about this before, that I believe awareness is one of the critical components, one of the keys. Uh, to meaningful productivity. Uh, so uh, again, I'm, I'm really grateful to all those of you who've already picked that up, as well as anyone who's interested. Check it out. Of course, uh, all that will be in the show notes, along with everything else that we talked about today. So until next week, stop guessing and start going. We'll see you next week on the show. 